You're listening to The G-Factor with Lauren and Tony, a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization. Now, without further ado, here are the hosts of G-Factor, Lauren Doherty and Tony Van. All right, Lauren. Well, I feel like we are kind of getting back in the groove. We did our back to school uh, podcast last week, and this week, uh, I think it's appropriate that we talk about drip. Now, I don't particularly like the fact that you call me that, but it's fine. I'm, I'm getting over the name calling, so we're going to be talking about drips and B two Bs today. Correct? Oh, not like outfit drip. Okay, <laughs> not like really cool drip. Oh, okay. I've never heard. Oh, see. Okay. <laughs> Urban dictionary for you. I know. Hang on. I need to Google <laughs> that for sure. Sure. I mean, no. there's a lot of things. I That's mean, a lot of it. I always okay. call it shoes or shoes or kicks to me. So maybe I'm. No, maybe... no. I think you need to look it up. Drip oh is gosh. like, it's like you're showing it off. Like, oh, okay. It's really cool or it looks good or so you know, is like it's a so whole is thing. Drip is replaced bling, basically. Is that what you're no, saying? No, bling's like jewelry. Oh, like, okay. You know, accessories. Drip is like your whole the mood, look, your whole like look. look. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like the whole fit. All right. Wow. Just taught you something new. Thanks. Thanks a lot. So for yep. all of our listeners out there, uh, not only we're we going to talk about apparently that kind of drip, but we're going to talk <laughs> about drip marketing. Yes. Uh, particularly in business to business emails this week. Yes. Correct? That's where we're going with this. Whew, boy, that was, we went, we went on the long side of the mountain on that one to get here. So let's, Let's kick off. So I we've got some tips. I think we've got uh, six or seven tips here that we want to just kind of share with everybody and uh, kind of espouse some information. So these are basically uh, tips for you to think about if you are running an email uh, campaign, but specifically to business, business, business to business, which I know we've said multiple right. times, but I just want to make sure that um, people understand the difference. So and if. Yes. We've done several on kind of mass, you know, emails, but this is B2B. So, right. so the first one here is, is pretty important. Um, of course, newspapers basically don't exist anymore, but this is, this was kind of how I equate this is use a subject line between 28 and 50 characters, make sure that it's catchy and attractive. So the subject line is basically that thing in the inbox that gets people to actually open up your uh, email or your newsletter. So uh, make sure that it's something more than, um, you know, our next newsletter is available now, or let's check things out. I mean, make sure that you explain to people exactly what they're about to see in that issue or in that newsletter. Uh, make sure that um, you intend on actually explaining or fulfilling that subject line. And most importantly, understand that um, several of those are going to be opened on uh, a mobile device. Uh, yes. I don't know if you've ever, you know, we need to be real at how we ingest content because that's probably how other people ingest content. So um, make sure that that shows up very well on a mobile device, because if we're looking at business business, particularly people that might be on the go or working remotely, they're probably going to look at on their phone or their tablet. They're probably not going to be sitting at a desktop or even a laptop. So make sure that that's primed when they're, uh, when you send that. So 
Yeah, I love that. I love emails that I get that have like a little teaser or like see blah, blah, blah inside, or there's, you know, six things you need to know inside. Like that really does get me just personally. So keep that in mind. Like what would get you to open an email and also do some testing? Like we use Constant Contact a lot and it allows you to test different subject lines. So I really like that feature. And then you can see if one email performed better than the other. So Mm -hmm. I always like that information. Love that. So secondly, personalization. So this is a strategy we've talked to you all before about in business to consumer email marketing, but it is the same in business to business email marketing. If you can add personalized information names in those emails, they are guaranteed to get a better click-through rate and open rate. Um, generally by an average of about 10% is the increase that you wow. will see in conversion. That's so great. yeah, get, make sure, you know, if you're gathering contacts, you're getting first names, last names, all the information that you can, not just, you know, marketing contact at so-and-so make sure that you know who that person actually is so that your emails are not generic. Make sure that they're real. Like they're receiving, like, uh, I don't know if anyone remembers what these are, but like you're receiving a letter in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm I'm not familiar. I haven't seen one of those since 2020. <laughs> right. So address people by their name. And then if you're sending like, you know, kind of some one-off emails in a string or in a campaign, if you can personalize maybe the one of the paragraphs or one of the offerings that you're giving to this person, that really helps too. So if you know what to deliver and can then deliver it, you're more likely to get that click or whatever that conversion you're looking for is. Yeah, that's great. That's really good. Uh, and it's so easy to do now. I mean, they're used to, yes. used to have to do so much, but now it's just so easy. So um, let's talk a little bit about what you're supposed to be doing actually in the newsletter. So uh, don't, huh, huh? yeah, what? I don't, what? I don't know here. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, you know, we have this tendency, I think, to basically, you know, vomit. I hope no one's listening while they're eating, but we, you know, throw up all of our information in this newsletter. And the reality is that the ideal length of a newsletter or copy is between 50 and 125 words total. That's, that short. Re- that's really mm-hmm. short. And uh, that doing that uh, has an increase of response rates of, of basically over 50%, according to drip.com. So, what you want to do is be very concise in your uh, context to make sure that uh, people understand what you're trying to do, trying to explain to them, get in and get out. If they want more information, you can send them to you know your website and they can do a deeper dive. But make sure that you put a strong call to action there so that if they just want to you know act on the uh, 50 to 125 words that you uh, ideally craft to make it perfect, uh, they have that opportunity. So uh, that's that's always surprising to me, a little commentary here. That's really surprising to me because even uh, I feel like I write in pretty short paragraphs, kind of teaser paragraphs, and I'm not sure I could get everything in, uh, you know, 125 words or whatever. I mean, that's, that's tight. I mean, that's like, really yeah, tight. It so. is, but a couple of paragraphs really. And then, you know, think about those supplementing that with some images or a couple of like click through buckets, tiles, you know, whatever you got kind of design wise. I mean, I kind of appreciate that. Like, especially if you drill down and know exactly what I'm looking for, 
that's, you know, pretty much what I want to read just personally. So I really like that, but no, Mm -hmm. I agree from a communicator standpoint, that's tough. Like that is really needing to know your message backwards, forwards, every way and figuring out how to deliver it. That's, that's tough. It's really tough. And you think about that. I mean, it's, it is words, not characters. Like this isn't a Twitter situation, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you start typing and those words pop out fast. A's and and of's, those are words, people. Those are words. So, you know, be careful. So, all right, enough of that. Next. Speaking of those words. So part of the importance there is also the tone of your writing. So I'm sure that we all get some really quirky and fun things, but we also get some things that are very dry and extremely boring or rigid. So you need to figure out where your organization or your brand lies and how to create a conversational tone that is also interesting. So you don't want to be stale. Um, You do want to create a dialogue with your reader and like identify with them. So knowing your audience is important. But keeping in mind where they work or the type of organization that you're mailing to is also important. So in some instances, I don't know if your audience is a, you know, the government or military or different, different things, just keep um, in mind what tone is appropriate, but is also personable and maybe a little bit lighter if you can kind of identify as a human, basically. Um, so I think that that's really interesting that, you know, kind of whole you know, you have to kind of know who you are and what you're saying and all of that first, obviously, before you can create any of this. But I do think that that tone is important. I get some things from a couple of brands that I'm always just like, wow, this is amazing. Like they really know me. I Mm -hmm. feel like a person. And Mm -hmm. that's that relationship you want to create in a B2B atmosphere too, is you're a person speaking to a person. Yeah. And once again, back to relationship. I mean, you, we're talking about a series, I mean, I'm assuming you're going to send more than one, but a series, we'll get to that, I think, is basically you're building this relationship with with people that you don't even know through a lot of these tips and, and tricks. And like you said, I mean, there are great uh, e-newsletter campaigns, uh, external or internal, that really make you feel like they have engaged you as a consumer. And that's that's who you want to give your money to or, or take action with. So right, totally exactly. right. Um, okay. So with this, with all of these cool tips and tricks, you know, you gotta get down to the image side of it. Like, what are you going to put visually? Because you can't just send, uh, a, an e-newsletter or a newsletter, uh, with just a bunch of words, even though apparently it's only going to be 50 to 125 words. Uh, you know, you gotta make sure you have some information in there. So put, uh, one to three images on your e-newsletter, uh, not any more. So I've seen some that have like 30 images or whatever. The load time is huge. Don't put those images. Find your best images. Two to me is always kind of good. I always like a hero image and then the content and then maybe a little smaller inset image inside there. That to me always seems to work better. Um it's interesting that basically, uh, if you look at uh, uh, I'm, Constant Contact looked at 2.1 million emails, and they found that uh, CTRs, you know, basically click-through rates, were highest with brands that used one, two, three images in their uh, drip campaign. So I think the point here is make sure that you have really sharp, smart images. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't throw those away. Um, so oftentimes... You know, 
uh, it's not like the old days, Lauren, you, you don't get 24 images and take them down to the photo mat. I mean, we, we can take a million photos on our phones and or digital. So oftentimes that's overwhelming trying to find the, the best ones, but, you know, really look at those key one to three and add, add those to your, to your news. Agree. Group, so, so. No information or image overload. Um, what about infographics? Any thoughts there? Like, cause you know, a whole infographic has a ton of little images. Does that count as like one or is it all one like separate? Cause that I, can get really detailed. Like it's super you know, it can detailed. Be a lot to look at. Yeah. I mean, it's super detailed. It's really interesting now that you picked that up. I mean, I feel like um, we're just kind of going off the cuff here, but I feel like an infographic is probably a combination of everything. And here's, here's the good and that bad of that. In other words, if it were me and I was sending a, a drip campaign for a B2B, that infographic not only is your content, in other words, those 50 to 125, mm-hmm. but it's also your image, right? Mm-hmm. So the so the mistake here, if you will, is that somebody will just drop in an infographic with no text at all. And then, so if you guys have ever noticed, anyone noticed that if you're populating e-newsletters, sometimes uh, your pictures don't populate, you know, depending mm-hmm. on your settings. And so, it's so too big. Yeah. yeah. So now oftentimes you're basically sending an e-newsletter that won't have any content showing. So what mm-hmm. I guess I would do is I would put the infographic and then I would put a little teaser paragraph about that infographic next to it. And I would call it a day. I wouldn't add more images or take away from that kind of thing. Yeah. Just has a lot going on of itself, or maybe even do like part of it and then make them click through to your website mm-hmm. to see the whole thing or something. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. That's really. I cool. love infographics. So it was just, you know, just a thought. Yeah. It's funny to me. Infographics to me kind of feel like QR codes, like there for a while, they're super <laughs> yeah. strong and then they've kind of died out. And then I see them coming back, but kind of in a little different version. I think for a while, infographics were like, how much content can we slam? Yes. In and now they're kind of uh, clarifying a little bit of like, okay, here are like four thoughts or, you know, five yep. buckets, not like the whole process of how to build a rocket in one eight and a half yes. by 11 piece of paper. Kind Which of when they first were big, guilty, I'm sure we did some of those. Oh, I'm sure. Well, insane. that was the trend. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, we can, you know, put all this in and people are, to- you know, what you're trying to do is basically tease people to read. And the reality is, and I mean, I'm going to say this in the podcast, and I may be controversial, people don't like to read. If life could be a comic book, people would buy that comic book. And I think that that's exactly, you know, what you're trying to kind of uh, create is a a conversational, uh, informative, uh, short, sweet, relationship building email in like 10 seconds. So, you know. It's tough. It's really tough because yeah. I, I mean, I'm waxing poetic here, but here's the deal. Like we as a marketing, you know, entity or a business, you know, you want to create that connection so that they'll, you know, pull the trigger, they'll buy, they'll sign up, they'll engage, blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, the consumer has this delicate uh, balance where they don't want to spend a lot of time researching per se, but yet they also want to feel like they did a uh, appropriate amount of due diligence before they spend their money or sign up. Right. And so you have to really measure what that looks like. Is that, you know, is that somebody that has a lot of analysis and they want a deep dive? Well, then you better offer that. If it's somebody that's like, yeah, that's a shiny piece of, you know, shiny picture. I'm going to buy that. Then you have to, you know, figure that out too. So 
there's a lot of talking. I'll <laughs> shut up now. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> we're almost there. I think we only have yeah. a couple more points it's, it's um, or one each or something. Anyway. Okay. So my next segment is how do we ensure that we are grabbing attention and compelling the reader to act? Mm. So basically you need to make sure each of your emails answer these three questions in order to do so. Let's go. Three questions. Three questions. What are you offering? So tell them the subject. Is that, you know, a sale, a new product, um, corporate information? What is that? Two, how does it help the reader or affect them? And three, what is the reader to do next? What is the call to action you want them to take? So maybe it's like, you know, let's just pretend there's a sale. Um, then you have a nice like image of something and it's your new product. You've got kind of probably a headline and you've got a couple of sentences about um, what the offer is. So, you know, this month only blah, blah, blah. And then maybe, a, I don't know, two or three more sentences, depending on your word count about that and some details. And then a nice big button that's like, you know, click here to call us or email us or purchase now. So that's pretty simple, but that's basically what you're going to do to answer those three questions. So basically you're trying to leave zero guesswork for the reader. You're answering all those three questions in the email. It's easy to read. It's pleasing to look at. Um, and that's going to get you the highest return, keeping it simple, basically. Yeah, that's good. I think that's really, you know, in life, just keep it simple. That's it. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) uh, that's good. Uh, well, I think the last, last little piece here is basically a question we always get is like, how many times do we send our emails? I mean, the frequency is always important. Right. And so I'm going to, I real quick. So suggestion is between one and five emails per month. Now one's probably depending on, it's always depends on what you have. So honestly for a business to business email, one a month is probably uh, not enough. In other words, you need to stay in front or on top of the inbox a little more aggressively than one. Mm -hmm. Five to me, five or six is, is like one a week. And I don't know about you, but like when I start seeing things one a week, I do start getting a little bit of, of fatigue, candidly. Mm-hmm. So constant contact has come out and said, basically, you know, two to three is basically the most popular option and seems to have the best traction. Um, like yeah, I said, I even agree. even constant contact, you know, is not willing to basically say like, um, this is exactly what you have to do because everything's different. I mean, there's right. just a, 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 so you have to kind of decide and gauge um, Lauren, what are the best ways to kind of gauge that? Have you, do you have any tips or tricks on the analytics or what you're looking at in uh, MailChimp or constant contact or that type of thing? To, to yeah. So if you're planning, you know, a series, then obviously I would start looking at your click-through rates. First of all, your open rates as well. So I guess start with open rate and say you've sent, you know, one email, it's great. And you get to two, it's still good. And you are like, okay, we're going to hit one more time. And you do three and you start to see that click through rate and open rate level off. Then that's a good indicator that like you hit your point. So that, you know, two or three for you, at least on this subject or this product, whatever it is in that time frame, is probably your sweet spot. If your open rates and click-through rates are continuously high at three, then maybe you push to four and just kind of keep going. So if you start to get a lot of 
sorry, if you start to get a lot of unsubscribers, that's something else to think about. You might be sending them too many things or it's not relevant to them. Um, I always like when there's an unsubscribe and I ask you like why you're unsubscribing. So if you can implement that and learn, then that helps as well. But I think that those two or three things are, you know, just kind of the basic, you know, items to watch and decide, you know, what's your sweet spot for, you know, how many emails, you know, a month or however you want to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and that's really the kind of the secret sauce, like better term is you just cannot, uh, you can't push it when, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, is obviously not appealing to folks or whatever. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's good. It's really and cool. it is different for everyone, or it could be different for different times in your business. You might be a business that does a ton of, let's just say like Christmas gifts or something. Um, or you might have a new product launch once a month. So you might have points where you're doing more or you have more exciting or higher volume, but that doesn't mean that 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 you have to continue that all the time. Let your content dictate that as well as, you know, your audience's needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. right. That's right. Wow. Well, that's a good one, Lauren. This has been, uh, I feel like uh, it's kind of a quick round, but boy, chocked full of good information if someone's yeah. willing to, you know, uh, listen. listen. So yeah. yeah, they don't even have to read. You just mm. have to listen. Just yeah. listen. Just put us in on your car, <laughs> you know, while you're working out. I tell you what, if you'll be smarter, if you just listen to us a little bit longer. So that's exactly. it. All right. Well, cool. Well, that will wrap us up. And then we will uh, fire up for our next um, podcast here and see where we go. All right. For the G Factor podcast, I'm Lauren Doherty. And I am Tony Bain. Thank you for listening to G Factor. For more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.